Welcome to Strong to the Finish, presented by Shoot for Life Ministries. Strong to the Finish, sharing inspirational stories of hope with the spotlight on God. Now here are your hosts, Matt Bostick and Doug Amos. Welcome to Strong to the Finish. I'm your host, Matt Bostick, brought to you by Shoot for Life Ministries. I'm here with my co-host, Doug Amos. Welcome to episode number three. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we're excited that you're along with us. Doug, great to have you here today. Thanks, Matt. You know, there are a number of ways to listen. You can listen on 101.5 and 97.5 The River every Wednesday night. It's replayed on ESPN The Ticket and The River on Sunday mornings at 8. That Wednesday night airing is at 7. But then we do, or we try to do, and your your staff with with uh, Shoot for Life Ministries does a wonderful job of helping us get it distributed through iTunes, podcasts, and also social media. That's right. Stitcher and SoundCloud and everything that's available down for downloads now. It's a lot of ways to hear a podcast, so we're happy to have you. Hey, man, and your guest this week I'm excited about because I covered Auburn back in the Jason Campbell days. And, you know, we found out in the interview that – that we did with him that you're going to hear later on the program. He's just as cool, calm, and collected today as he was way back then. And he talked about how his father really, really hit that home with him at a young age. Yeah, it seems like his heart rate never gets above 60, whether we're talking to him on the phone or he's he's dropped back with a, with a blitz. So, uh, yeah, great interview with him. Can't wait for you all to hear that. And uh, we, we picked up some some nuggets about Jason I think you're going to really enjoy. And, you know, Matt, we're having a little bit different presentation this week. We did one long interview with Jason. It's about a half an hour long. That's right. Uh, But when we get back after our first break, we're going to visit about something that you and I have spent a lot of time over the last two weeks talking about. I know that John Schmidt, who you work with at Centerpoint Fellowship Church, uh, were with us, with Charlie and me on our show last Friday, and we talked about men accountable, being accountable as a man and having people in your life. You spoke earlier this week to a, a high school about that exact subject. Exactly. It's accountability, and we've all got blind spots, Doug, and, and I feel like if we don't have someone speaking of those blind spots, boy, it could be dangerous. No doubt about it. What do you say we hop into that and get a little more into that when we return after the break? I can't wait. We will be back, Matt Bostick and I, and I just kind of walk us through these first couple of segments, but you'll love Matt's discussion with our man Jason Campbell a little bit later on. I jumped in there every now and then, but Matt's turned into the interviewer extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, he and I'll visit, though, about that getting somebody in your blind spots. If you're a man, if you're walking this earth, uh, I think you'll enjoy that as well when we return right after this. It's Strong to the Finish with Matt Bostick, brought to you by Shoot for Life Ministries. Where would you want to spend your final days? What kind of care would you want to receive? Would you rather travel back and forth to the hospital or doctor's office or be in the comfort of home surrounded by friends and family? This is a difficult conversation, but one we should all have. You see, our bodies will wear out through disease or old age, but we choose how we live. Most don't consider hospice until it's too late, if at all, but we should. Hospice keeps us comfortable supports our loved ones, and lets us live our last days as we have the rest, on our terms, in our homes. Comfort Care Hospice is an Alabama-based company dedicated to the care of our friends and neighbors. 
Comfort Care has opened a new office here in Huntsville to serve you better. Learn more about Comfort Care. Learn more about hospice. Visit ComfortCareHospice.com. Comfort Care. We help you home. Foshi Residential is excited about sponsoring Strong to the Finish. Over the past 35 years, the employees of Foshi have donated their time and resources to many charitable organizations throughout the River Region. Throughout each year, the employees of Foshi Management Company give more than 1,000 hours to organizations such as the Salvation Army, the Montgomery Miracle League, the Joy to Life Foundation, the Buddy Walk, the Boys and Girls Club, and the Dixie Youth Baseball League. Foshi Residential wishes much success to Strong to the Finish and hope that the stories can be an inspiration to all that listen. Can I help you? Yeah, I'm Bill. Yeah, Bill. My uncle tells me you check out houses for electrical safety. My wife, she uh, worries. Well, women do tend to worry, don't they? Actually, a lot of people worry, for good reason. Each year, over 65,000 American homes suffer a fire due to an electrical problem. To make sure you're not a victim, call Crosby Electric, your exclusive provider of current safe, the world's foremost home diagnostic system. What's that, Bill? A divining rod. It can spot electrical shorts inside your walls. It can. Technicians at Crosby Electric use special high-tech equipment to check your hidden wiring, panel box, light switches, and electrical outlets to scientifically pinpoint the location of any problems. So, find anything, Bill? Nope, you're safe. Ain't high-tech wonderful. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Why worry? Call Crosby Electric at 272-2085 for a no-obligation safety assessment or visit CrosbyElectric.com. Now you'll be safe with current safe. Are ants and other pests invading your home? Protect your home with Cook's Pest Control. Cook's uses a proven system that's guaranteed. They begin by controlling pests inside, then maintain a protective barrier outside to help prevent future entry. Regular outside treatments mean your life isn't interrupted by pests or scheduling hassles. Call Cook's. Nobody is more thorough, courteous, or on time. Looky, looky, looky. Welcome back to Strong to the Finish. I'm your host, Matt Bostic. This is brought to you by Shoot for Life Ministries. And before we get started, Doug, I do want to mention the Capital 10 race that's coming up. Craig Clement, huge supporter of Shoot for Life. And you guys show your daily show, the Max Roundtable. Craig's a great guy, and uh, he's got the Capital 10 coming up. Go to Capital10.com if you're listening to this and, and check it out. If you love to run or you know someone that does, I'm a huge fan of this race. Go check that out. You can Google that, just Capital 10 Race Montgomery. All the information will come up. Uh, You had him on your program, your first show. The very first one. uh, Of season two, and and what just a super guy Craig Clement is. Go back to episode one, hear about all about Craig Clement. So anyway, go and and check that out. We're so glad you're listening today. Coming up, we're going to play our interview with Jason Campbell. And, you know, Doug, I want to talk to you about a couple of things that he mentions that I think is important for, for all of us, and that is he had accountability through his high school days, through his days at Auburn. He mentioned even even in the pros. And, you know, we've all got blind spots. And I'd like to tell you a story about this Dodge Ram van that I'm driving right now. A 1994. You've seen it. You can get your whole family plus all their friends in that van. <laughs> That's right. Seats 15 people, but it's got a couple of things uh, wrong with it. And two of them are the side mirrors. And, you know, I had a privilege to talk about this van recently to a, to a, a high school. And I told him that, as I'm driving down the road, this van, the, the, the outside mirrors push in. And 
that's a problem when you're driving, <laughs> especially that is a problem. at 65 miles an hour trying to change lanes. And, and, you, and you can't really see much out through the rearview mirror in a van like that either. <laughs> you can't. So I need those. And, you know, and it, it affects my blind spot. So I actually have to roll the windows down in this van and, and, and push them out. And I think about that often because in my life, Doug, throughout my life, there have been moments when I haven't let anybody push those mirrors out and those blind spots have become a real problem. I've been there too. You know, I, I think most men, our prayer is that if that that's not the case with most men, or it's not the case with you if you're listening tonight, but uh, I think for most men, we can all point back. Maybe a major incident may not be as major as yours, yours and mine, but an incident where we, where we didn't turn the we didn't flip the rearview mirrors. Sure, and I, I look at that those moments. If I can, you know, just pause time and look back on a, a period of my life when maybe I wasn't on track with the Lord, and and uh, I can I can point back to there were there weren't men that that were saying, "Hey, Matt, what's going on with you?" You know, and that's what happens in a car. You push those mirrors out to see oncoming, you know, vehicles that could cause problems and dangers. And so, if you don't have those people, and I have several men in my life that because i had to i didn't want to doug how about you you know yeah i don't think any man really wants to uh but once you do it then you're glad you have it uh it's one of those things that um i mean i love accountability now i love to be and i'll be honest with you matt for most of my life i shied away against getting really close to people uh but now i think it's just part of life you need to have people in your life that know you well enough for two reasons one that you can go to and talk to but two can come to you when they sense something's not right and say hey matt hey doug uh you're not acting right tell me what's going on in your yeah life. or if i'm not showing up to church or or i'm you know um isolating myself that's a cue for those guys hey isolation is death you know because we need people in our lives and if you're like doug said if you're out there listening today and you don't have a at least one person in your life who knows you well enough to speak the truth i can tell you this ask god to reveal that person to you and i promise you god will answer that prayer there's no doubt about it and and the neat thing about that don't expect it to be the person you thought it would be exactly you know what i mean by that i mean exactly god works in ways that better the kingdom not necessarily it puts you in the most comfortable position uh and and i know people that have gone through accountability stories where it was almost the last person they would have ever guessed would have been the one that they were going to share life with and allow them a closer look inside the hearts of us that's right god works in mysterious ways he puts new people in your path and that's a life that i never thought god would lead me down my life is so much richer today because of the relationships that i have just look at you i have a friend in doug amos now i mean I met you, what, three or four weeks ago. Now you're one of my best friends. I call you all the time. I text you at 930 at night. Did you see that game? Well, it was your it was your deal with setting the world record. That's right. You know, you, you are So we've known each other for a few months now. but It seems and, like and years, it, though. Yeah, it does. And initially, we got together because I loved what you were doing. I felt an immediate connection to that. But initially, it was just, hey, can we come promote this event? That's right. 
uh, I didn't know you from Adam's house cat. Right. And and now it does seem like that I've known you for years. But that's what the presence of God does in me and in you. And it's a unique bond. It says in Second Timothy, Doug, that that relationships between believers are a gift that God gives us. A gift. And so I've experienced that with you and with other men. And I think if you're out there and lonely, I want you to have that gift because there's nothing like it as believers. Uh, no doubt about it. And and I think that you have the personality to where you like now getting in the lives of other people and getting to know them. Because the one thing I love about Matt Bostic is you're, you're not judgmental. You're not going to beat somebody over the head with a frying pan. What you are going to do is, is be the love of Christ to people, even if their struggles are overwhelming them. And I, you know, these stories, I'm loving this podcast. I'm so thankful God put us together when you said, Hey, would you, would you consider strong to the finish? Cause what I'm finding is through these stories, I'm seeing a thread and the thread is God, it's redemption, it's community and through these athletes. And it's really been something that I'm even re-examining my own heart. I have got to have these parameters that these athletes are setting that Craig Clement has set. You know, and so as iron sharpens iron, I believe these podcasts, these stories are just another gift God's given me for this season of my life. You know, it's a neat thing. Jason joins us shortly after Mm. this break, and he talks about how people got in his life at Auburn. You know, once he left his family, he talked about Chet Williams. Yes. And a guy that helped fill in the you know, the blind spots there. He talked about Joe Gibbs uh, filling in the blind spots after he was drafted by the Washington Redskins. And, and again, I bet if you'd asked Jason Campbell when he was 16, Hey, guess what? One of the top NFL coaches in the world in this country is going to help you fill in the blind spots in Mm. five years. And the blind spots also were, were, were mentioned outside of a football mm-hmm. practice, but what Chet Williams put together, you're going to hear through Cadillac, through um, some other run, uh, Ronnie Brown, you know, and through these relationships that were formed um, outside of the the regular playing field. So I hard hope you, fighting soldiers, right? Hard fighting soldiers. Yeah, it's what a it's great called. story. It you'll hear about back. it. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to go back and 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 see, and I am going to call Chet Williams soon. Just ask him that particular uh word and see you need to try to get chet on the show because i think he would be able to share a lot with this show again you're listening to strong to the finish brought to you by shoot for life ministries uh let our listeners know matt how they can get in touch with you at shoot for life ministries this is now part of your ministry this radio program is and how you distribute it out it it's a big uh visibility portion of what you're doing yeah god's been so faithful to um you know to have some supporters for shoot for life and you can go to you know shoot for life on facebook or twitter at yeah at snf um ministries and and uh, there's also Instagram, but just Google Shoot for Life and Matt Bosk, even the world record. And, and you know, as I was speaking, um, you know, a few days ago at the school with these with the kids, you know, God has been so 
oh, gracious to me to, you know, give me some insane ideas to do. You know, there's no doubt breaking a world record is not normal. You know, as this one it's your kid hand did, recovered. It has. This one kid didn't believe me that I broke the world record, so I called him up and I took my shoe off. I still have a hole in my foot right now, about the you know the size of a quarter, and it's still kind of oozing. And so, oh, oh, he about threw up. Yeah, and so you know, it's been fun to use that. But yeah, shoot for life's. We have the the podcast now on the radio show, and I'm loving faith in sports, which is what this podcast is. It's taking the love of sports and faith, and and bringing Jesus to the center of it. And I love storytelling. I'm, you know, it's it's the hope you hear from someone else's story that that you know Jesus told a lot of stories, and he had a lot of accountability in those stories. You know, he always had men with him. He was only alone very few times before he went to the garden. Mark one forty two, you see him alone, but very, not very often. He always was with people, and he was telling stories. And so it fascinates me about Jesus, and I feel like these podcasts are kind of reinvigorating my heart uh, to tell the stories from other people's perspective. Matt, as we wind down this segment, um, I, I'm not sure that that the full Auburn fan base really realized just what a Christian guy they had taking the snaps back in that special 2004 football season. I tell you what, you're going to hear a lot here coming up from Jason, and you're right. He loves the Lord. He was passionate growing up in Mississippi, um, a follower of Christ. And you're going to hear from Jason Campbell not just um, what an Auburn fan he was, but what a fan he was of Jesus. So hope you guys enjoy. Again, this is Matt Bostick here with Doug Amos. Strong to the finish, brought to you by Shoot for Life Ministries. I hope you enjoy this interview with Jason Campbell. At Agape of Central Alabama, our mission is to help vulnerable and orphaned children find permanency in safe, nurturing families. Since our beginnings, we've counseled and supported hundreds of women facing unexpected pregnancies. We've also served more than 2,000 children through foster care and more than 250 through adoption. While there are other adoption and foster care services out there, we approach everything we do as a ministry of Jesus Christ, never as a business. Our primary focus will always be the best outcome for each child and that child's birth mother and birth father, whether or not that leads to an adoption or placement. If you need help to make the best choice for your baby's future, we can help. And if you'd like to support Agape, we'd be grateful for your donations. Agape is a Christian nonprofit agency. To learn more, call 334-272-9466 or visit agapeforchildren.org. Hi, this is Doug Amos. Do you need your car or truck windows tinted, want new wheels or tires? Do like I did. Blue Ox Outfitters is your number one source for all your truck, Jeep, and SUV needs. Summer and boating season are just around the corner. Call today and schedule your appointment for trailer hitch and wiring install, window tinting, and more. Don't wait until the last minute. Be prepared. Ask Blue Ox Outfitters how you can save money on your your lift, wheels, and tire package without breaking the bank. Blue Ox Outfitters has the gear you need when you need it. For work or play, Blue Ox Outfitters is your one-stop destination specializing in any truck, Jeep, or SUV needs. From window tinting to lift kits and everything Yeti. Same location and same owner for over 14 years. See Jonathan Woodward and the guys at Blue Ox Outfitters on Cobbs Ford Road next to the Fantail Restaurant. Visit us on the web at blueoxoutfitters.com. Blue Ox Outfitters is Central Alabama's leader in truck and automotive outfitting. Blue Ox 
Knox Outfitters, the strength that drives the legend. Why is Don Duncan's All-American Auto and Tire Center the place to get new tires? It's simple. They're a super dealer because they're a member of the largest tire manufacturer buying group in the country, meaning you'll find the best prices in the River Region at Don Duncan's. In addition, since they're a Goodyear dealer, any work you have them do in your vehicle carries a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty that's good anywhere in the country. Hometown service with nationwide warranties. And to earn your trust and your business, Don Duncan's All-American Auto and Tire is offering you an absolutely free tire rotation. Visit one of the three locations, Madison Avenue, Bell Road, or McGee Road, and see why Don Duncan's All-American Tire is the River Region's leader in auto and tire service. Most would agree that the lifeblood of a church depends greatly on its children's program. The spiritual foundation of all our children is paramount. We also want them to have fun at the church building, both in the classroom and outside with their friends. That's why I want to tell you about J.A. Dawson & Company, your total recreation resource. Whether you're looking for a commercial-grade playground for your church grounds or one in your community, J.A. Dawson & Company is where you need to start. For 35 years, J.A. Dawson has been bringing fun and fitness to children and their families across the Southeast. Located in Alabama, they're your answer whether it's for a small tot lot or an elaborate play environment, and they'll always stay within your budget. Their playgrounds are safe and innovative, and they're convenient. What are you waiting for? Get started now. Call 1-800-221-8869 or go to their website at jadawsonco.com. That's J-A-D-A-W-S-O-N-C-O.com. J.A. Dawson and Company, play, design, product, service. This is Keith Basil of Buffalo Rock. Buffalo Rock is a local family-owned distributor of many of your favorite soft drinks, and we are very happy to be able to sponsor Strong to the Finish. Being local, Buffalo Rock is very vested in community and are among the Kiwanis Club's best partners when it comes to the Alabama National Fair. Buffalo Rock also works closely with the MDA and partners with many fundraising events. Speaking of partners, at Buffalo Rock, we consider our employees as partners as well as our clients who we consider business partners. Buffalo Rock is a faith-filled company and looks forward to our relationship with Strong to the Finish program. Welcome back to Strong to the Finish. I'm your host, Matt Bostic. I'm here with Doug Amos, and we are sitting down with Jason Campbell. Jason, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your schedule today to be on our show. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. You know, I had the great opportunity, Matt, as you know, to cover Auburn during Jason's incredible career there. Uh, Just was not. Here's what I loved about Jason Campbell. As cool, calm, and collected as he always was on the football field, that's just him. That's his personality. And it never looked like you ever got rattled, Jason. And boy, is that a great attribute for a quarterback, buddy. Yeah, especially when you sit back after the games and you watch, uh, like sitting back watching games now. That I'm finished playing ball. You know, you see all the, the different scrutiny. You see all the the noise that goes on. And when you're in it, you didn't really appreciate how much it is until you're done. Mm. And uh, have an opportunity now to sit back and watch a lot of these younger quarterbacks play, watch a lot of guys play, and being able to, to share share some of my experiences with some of them. You know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just something I was blessed with. You know, I always. Growing up, my parents always told me, hey, you know, through life and through sports, sports can teach you a lot about life. And they always say, no matter how how, how good things get for you, you know, always stay, stay level. And no matter how bad things get, stay level because tough times don't last. Tough people do. And the more you continue to mature, you can mature through the good and the bad. Just don't ever get to, get to a point where you're just so low that you can't get yourself back up. Hey, Jason, I want to talk about your, your childhood in a second, but what are you doing now? 
tell tell the fans uh, what you're up to these days. Yeah, now I'm working on the radio uh, sports Auburn Network um, down in Auburn. I do game day. I do pregame and halftime for all the home games. And then uh, my little nephew is uh, 11 year old here in Atlanta, Georgia. So I kind of help out his sixth grade football team from time to time. And uh, last year I did high school, but this year I'm just helping out the sixth graders uh, so I can have a chance to get down to Auburn on Friday nights if I need to. So, you know, it's been kind of fun. I enjoy uh, working with the youth and spending time with them. And, you know, sometimes it can be a lot of fun and sometimes it can be a little scratch your head. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot more fun than it is scratching your head. <laughs> I can imagine. Hey, you know, I was doing some research on you back in your your your, your childhood days, and even at Auburn, you would go home and preach, um, not just a one night sermon, but a series of sermons. Tell me about your faith when you met Jesus, and uh, some of those times at the church there in Mississippi. Yeah, you know, my parents uh, grew up grew up in the church. My dad was a deacon. Uh, my mom was, you know, she sung in the choir, and she was also on some women's boards at the church, and. It was one of those times where you grew up in a, in a Baptist church when you were young, and it almost seemed like you was going to church every day. Mm. <laughs> you know, sometimes they would have revivals, and you'd be like, and you're a young kid, you're like, man, I just want to go outside and play ball. And I was like, oh, <laughs> How long is this? time to go to church? You're like, yeah, great. And then over time, you know, you start to develop your own relationship. And then I remember when I was like a teenager, and uh, we went to this thing uh, in Ellisville, Mississippi. And uh, it just taught us a lot about faith and, you know, talked a lot about heaven and hell. And, and I remember me and my, one of my best friends grew up in the same neighborhood. We both went to it. And I remember that night we had ended up giving our life to God, to Christ that night. And then I remember getting baptized when I was a young kid. And I remember having to stand up in church and give the right hand of fellowship to everybody that walks around. And then it just instilled in me as a very young age because even when I was young, God had already given me a vision that I would play professional sports. And I didn't know which one it would be. It would be basketball or football. But I already knew that I was going to play professional sports. And it was up to me to just to put the time in and put the work ethic in. And a lot of that came from because God was in my life, I knew that I couldn't fail. And I knew anything that put my mind to it. And I really did my part that he was going to take care of the rest. And, uh, and that's a lot of why I am the person that I try to be is because, you know, God has a way of working a lot of things out. You know, sometimes you can get down, you can get, you know, to a point where you just don't understand things. But during those times, you know, you have to always just stay strong. And I remember early on in my Auburn career, you know, things didn't start off the way I thought it could have. And, uh, and you know, I went through different coordinators all the time. Mm-hmm. But, Having God in my life helped me through those times because life is forever changing, and it's not just staying the same. And it was the same way in my career. Things was always changing around me. But because the one constant, which was God in my life, my faith was always there, it didn't matter how many times things changed around me. To me, it always looked the same. I'm curious, Jason, having covered you and having seen you and big, big games, big competitive games where a lot's on the line. And, and again, you always seeming to be like you're just at the dinner table having sugar pops. Uh, I'm just curious. It, 
it is your faith something you even leaned on in the middle of a battle for that calm during the storm so that uh, you know so that you can perform that way i'm curious as to what your faith meant to you right in the you know the field of battle yeah you know i just say when you're out there playing you know you're so competitive you're so enthused and involved into the game and like i said you know during the course of a game you know everything's not going to go your way or, you know, it's just one of those days where things are. But I always told myself, like, in the midst of a big game, like the LSU game, the Tennessee game, where, where, you know, everything seems to be so big, I always said, don't let yourself get caught up into all the atmosphere and everything that's going on around you. You know, stay true to yourself and stay within yourself and, and let everything that you stay calm. I always tell guys, like, a quarterback mentality has to be different. And because a lot of chaos can go on around you and a lot of excitement can go on around you, but you have to be the one constant that can kind of bring the whole group together. Like, they have to be able to look at you and say, okay, he's, he has to be a little different, you know, and they have to be able to believe in their leader and be able to follow him. And, you know, that's the one thing I always say, you know, God give me the strength to go out here and play this game, but also give me a sound mind in order to be able to make good choices and good decisions. And when you go into a game feeling confident, you know, you have you have to be that way. And, um, you know, to me, it was just one play at a time and just do the best that I could. At the end of the day, I always say this. You give your very best, and at the end of the day, if your best is not good enough at the end of the day, at least you know you did all that you could. And, and that's all you can ask of yourself. Like, you know, a lot of times a lot of guys try to do too much. When you try to do too much, you come out of character of who you are. And come out of, and now you're finding yourself trying to do what other folks want you to do. And Jason, I, always, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, that's, that's, that's yeah. So I just wanted to make sure I wasn't trying to do what everybody else wanted me to do. I, I wanted to be the quarterback that I knew I could be. And I had already, mm. you know, in my faith, being able to help me do that made me believe in my ability. And that's the one thing that kept me constant. Well, I, that's what I was going to ask you. With that, I know you're asked a lot about the, the perfect season and your faith in God. Take me behind the scenes in Jason Campbell's heart. You're you're having a great season. You guys are undefeated. You're waiting to see where you're going to land. What was God speaking to your heart about behind the scenes? And kind of take me. What was the team morale like in the locker room? Because you know that's it's changed thing. now. The one thing about that team that year that was the greatest attribute outside of going thirteen and zero was we had started a we had started a thing called Hard Fighting Soldiers, and uh, you know brother Chet Williams he yep. started it, and where we would meet on Friday night, the night before the game, and we started off with like it, we started off with a few guys coming in, and it was nothing about football; it was all about life where guys would come into a room and we would talk, go around the table and we'd say, hey, what's going on in your life that you want the man beside you to pray for? And it would just continue to go around. And once everybody got finished, and then Brother Chet would say, okay, the person sitting beside him, pray for him. The person sitting beside him, pray for him. And then when we get to the end, he'll pray for everybody. And the room just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger each week. Wow. And then all of a sudden, coaches start getting involved as well. Coaches started coming. You know, coaches would start talking about things that go in their personal lives. And here it is. You're looking at it like, man, this year is your coach. And you had no idea this is going on in his life. You know, mm-hmm. a mother sick or a brother or a sister or something happened. 
your teammate different because now you just don't look at your teammate as a football teammate. You look at your teammate as a life brother. Mm. And when I play for him on Saturdays, I know that he just went through a hardship during the week. So now I want to make sure I play even harder for him on game day because this could help brighten his day or at least get him through the weekend. And when you start to play the game that way, where we knew so much about each other's lives, rather than just the jersey that we put on and just seeing each other in the locker room, it made us play for a lot more than just the game of football. And we began to lock arms that year. As we came out of the tunnel getting ready for games, we always locked arms. And uh, and it kind of made us realize, like, hey, we're all in this thing together. We're all as one. You know, we're playing for each other. And uh, with all the talent that we have on the team, nobody's out here playing selfless for themselves. Like, we play as one. Everybody achieve more. The more we continue to win, the more we continue. All the other stuff takes care of itself. So that year was just a special year because, uh, you know, we had shirts. Growing up, Brother Chet had shirts. He put Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6 on there. And uh, so we had our shirts on and, they, like, they're locking arms. It's just the whole unity of that team. Mm. Where I go back now and people still talk about our team as being probably one of the best teams that ever come through Auburn. Right. And, uh, and a lot of people still remember the tape, the video, the hard fighting soldiers, our whole story that year. Because it was a story more than it was just a, a football. Team. And Jason, you know, having been around that team and heard Coach Tuberville say, not on one occasion, not on five occasions, but a lot more occasions than that, that Chet Williams was the key component for that whole season and you've you've now put a face to that and described how and why but Tommy Tuberville said on numerous occasions that the most important factor in that 2004 season was Chet Williams. Yeah, yeah, Chet I said Chet, Chet was the MVP of our season wow. because it's what he did to us away from the game of football that brought us all together and he the one that brought that special that unity. And even where guys go back down there now, everybody always saying, hey, where's Chet? Where's Chet? You know, everyone goes to him. Like, we even call him up now because, like, they all are, you know, like, even though you have faith and you're strong and you're trying to do things right, you know, we all have our mistakes. We all have our times where we're just fighting up your battle or things are going on in our lives and we just can't figure out why. And he's still the one constant person that we can call and talk to on the phone about our issues and he still has patience with us to, to talk us through it, call us back during the week, hey, how you doing? You doing better? How you feeling? And uh, so he's always been a constant to this day still in my life and Ronnie's life and, you know, a lot of guys. And uh, and it's, it's because of him and what he set out to, to achieve by using football to bring guys closer, you know, to God. Like I said, I've been running Cadillac. I remember all those guys getting baptized in college. Wow. He baptized. And I remember. And uh, you know, so guys came there that had never been baptized before, ended up getting baptized in college by Brother Chet. So, uh, you know, he's helped change a lot of lives. And I always say men go off to college to become, I mean, kids go off to college to become men. Mm. And I, I honestly can say that Auburn made a lot of great men especially with the guys that I came through there with because they not only grew on the football field, but they grew off the field in their in their spiritual walk, in their faith, um, and in their lives that helped them make better choices. Then that 
next year was a special year for draft. Um, four running backs taken in the first round. And then where were you at on draft day, Jason? I was actually in Auburn. Uh, I was in Auburn. My parents and friends and everybody came up. And, uh, you know, I decided to stay in Auburn. Uh, I was just low-key and, and everything. And uh, I just remember my parents being there. And Coach Borges was there. Uh, and, you know, his Hawaiian shirt on. I used to call him, uh, <laughs> you know, Hawaiian Borges. But uh, but he had his Hawaiian shirt on. I just remember when they finally <laughs> – they had already called me. Like, oh, they had. A pick before they was already going to pick me and let me know. But I didn't tell my family anything. Oh, you didn't? So you, I, you kept it a secret? Yeah, I didn't tell them. So I just kind of walked out of the room. And then when they, I remember they called my name and I heard all them hollering and everything. And then I, my mom just gushing down just tears and tears and tears. My daddy was just so excited and teary-eyed. And, you know, Coach Borges and everybody was there. And, you know, for me it was a dream come true because I was like, man, you know, my vision as a kid, I'll be playing professional sports this year. Yeah, I want to hear about that vision as a kid. Take me back. You said as a kid, you're the second professional athlete that told me God spoke to them at a very young age. Do you remember where you were at when you had that vision? Was it at a revival? Were you at a sports camp? Were you I taking a nap? It was probably like I was fifth grade. You know, I would just always be out in the yard, like just throwing balls. And uh, I didn't play peewee football. And I just remember, I used to always play basketball, go to basketball camps and lift different things. And it's just a feeling that you just get and you just know, like, it's in you. And, and you know it, it comes from God that, hey, I'm going to play on the big level. Cause I always watch the games and professional sports. I used to always watch, like, that stuff. And and I would just, I could just feel it in my heart and feel it in my spirit that I was going to play professional sports. And I wasn't going to be denied of it. And. At that point on, I told my mama. So my mama reminded me a lot. She said, you told me when you were a kid that God told you you was going to play professional sports. And and when I made it and everything, she reminded me. She said, I remember when you told me that. And she still tell people that now. She said, Jay had a vision when he was a kid. He told me that he was going to play professional sports. And when he made it, he was going to buy us a new house. And, uh, and to be able to live that out, you know, just go to show, you know, you know, you put God in your life and, you know, and just rely on him that, you know, anything is possible. You know, I come from a population of a two-way school, you know, with a graduate class of 100 people. Wow. You know, and, you know, maybe 5,000 people in town with, you know, one red light. You wow. Know? So it just go to show you, like, and it, that was the time that it wasn't all the social media and, you know, the Twitter and the Instagram and everything. So I, was, I always tell my, my nephews and little kids now, like, look, if something's for you, it's for you. Can't nobody take it away from you. I said, but I said, but the one thing is, you have to do your part. You have to, you have to put in the time and the work. You just can't say, oh, this is for me. I'm just gonna sit back and let God just work it out for me. No, He wants you to do your part. You got to work for it. Like you got to go after it. You know, as men, we're taught to be hunters. You know, you gotta you gotta go after what you want. And uh, and I just feel like, you know, for me, my work ethic. And I try to tell my nephews now, look, you can do all that you want to do. I like, but you gotta make sure you got God in your life. Like you can't do so much that you don't have time for Him. That force just takes over. I said because at some point the shoulder pads gotta be put up, the helmet gotta be put up. I was like, the basketball things gotta be put up. I'm like, what you gonna do with the rest of your life? And I think so much in this day and age, 
there and see salaries go across the bottom of screens of TVs. It's like, man, this guy's making so much money. I want my kid to go do it. So then they begin to live through the kid. Mm. My parents didn't do that to me. You know, they let me be me. But my daddy always said, no matter how old you get or how much money you make, at the end of the day, you still my child, and I still want you to do the right thing. And he was like, you know, and don't forget, you know, what got you to this point. Mm. And and his whole goal was, he's like, I don't, he's like, he has playing ball and all that is great. He's like, but I want you to have a better name and a better person than just what what you do on the field. And that's why I try to tell kids now, and I try to tell parents, don't live so much through your kid because you look at the salaries on TV that you lose the kid because mm-hmm. you're worried about the money. I was like, and then, you know, because I see a lot of kids have heartbreak. If they don't make it, and that's all they've been thinking about was doing it. Now they feel like their life is over. They don't know what else to do because that was their whole main focus. I like, mm-hmm. but if you put your focus on God, he gives you other things in life to still be successful at. Jason Campbell, our guest here on Strong to the Finish, brought to you by Shoot for Life Ministries. Before Matt gets into your NFL career and how you relied on your faith during some frustrating times there, I want to get you to tie up the the draft day. I'm just curious if you and Ronnie and Cadillac and Carlos had any idea that you'd all be picked in the top 25 picks of the NFL draft and just how neat a day that was for all of y'all. And were you able to celebrate that day together any before you went your separate ways? I remember that weekend, because we was all off training, Carlos and uh, Carlos and Ronnie and Lat. I know they was in Arizona training, and I was down in New Orleans with Tom Shaw at the time training. And... Uh, and Rose Green was with me down at Tom Shaw. And I remember we was all training in different places and everything. We still keep in contact. And then we would all come back to Auburn and get together. And we would throw passes and, you know, and do different things together. And then once it closely got back to pro day, we all came back. And then we all came back and we was all kind of just, you know, just being around each other a lot and everything. And then just kind of taking it all in. And I remember we would go out to eat together. You know, we all got a new car at the same time together. And then we were <laughs> kind of like, just like, man, like it's just so surreal. Like everything just transpired so fast. And I remember for our pro day, it was like you couldn't even hardly see outside the, the field. It was so many fans and mm. so many scouts around the whole, our whole turf field that we had that you couldn't even see beyond them because there was a lot of people out there. And it was just an exciting day because, I feel like, you know, how we did it at Auburn and then how we played all four years together and then and then the time that we spent all the hard work, all the sweat, all the, you know, tears after hard games and then all us to be here on the same field getting ready to start our pro career. And it was funny because we just beat Saban that year and then Saban got the head coaching job in Miami. So Saban had the number two pick in the draft. So, you know, he was, and his team and his group was the one that was working us out, putting us through some drills. You know, while all the other pro scouts and everything was there watching, and, uh, and I just remember so running and they going to the Dolphins. So we like, yo, what's a coincidence? And then that same year in the Senior Bowl, Cadillac was at the Senior Bowl, I was at the Senior Bowl, and Running decided to skip the Senior Bowl. And I remember Gruden that whole week would just, hey, Cadillac, Cadillac, Cadillac. <laughs> 
know, talking Escalade and all that. Talking about you a Cadillac or you a Ford, you know, just, just kind of messing with him. And then we got to the game, and then we started playing, and then uh, and the Cadillac kind of didn't play that much, and and Gruden kind of like just held him out a little bit. And I was like, "Lat, you probably gonna end up going to Tampa Bay, man." I said because he's uh, he's almost like he's protecting you, making sure his investment don't get hurt, and uh, sooner or later. You know, Cadillac gets drafted to Tampa, and Lack was saying the same thing. He's like, man, I think I'm going to Tampa, man. He said, because he's always messing with me. He's always, you know, talking to me and everything, pulling me to the side. And uh, so he ended up getting drafted to Tampa. So I like, what a coincidence, saving takes him that takes uh, Ronnie at two. And then Cadillac ends up with our senior bowl coach at five in Tampa. So, uh, <laughs> and then I end up with Joe Gibbs, you know, and uh, a legendary coach. I remember when they were talking about getting me, I was like, man, that's your kid. And then I just remember he came down, hey, Jason, how you doing? You know, and I was like, yeah. And I just kind of looked at him like, hey, coach, how you doing? You know, and then he walked in, and here's four of his other coaches on the staff. At this time, all of them are probably like borderline 70 years old. Sure, and they're up there. Yeah, they're up there. So they come in, and, uh, and there's just one young coach on the staff. And then, you know, our defense coordinator. And, but, uh, Bill Lazor, who's the offense coordinator for the Bengals now. Right. So he was the uh, the young guy that came in. He's my quarterback coach. And I just remember getting drafted and, you know, and hearing Joe Gibbs call me and, and everything. I just thought it was an honor to, to meet him and to play for a coach that also strong in his faith. You're talking about Coach uh, Gibbs, right? Coach, yeah, Coach Gibbs. So, uh, you know, what a coincidence. I said how all those things worked out for everybody. Yeah, and that's really neat. Hey, you're listening to, to uh, Stronger the Finish, brought to brought to you by Shoot for Life Ministries. We're with Jason Campbell. Jason, tell me then, you're with Coach Gibbs now with the Washington Redskins. How does your faith then c- carry with you from Auburn to playing now in the NFL? Now you're playing on Sundays. Tell me about your your walk with Jesus on Sundays playing in the NFL. Yeah, it was it was it was a good transition because like I, said, I stepped into a, a place where the head coach was strong in his face. Mm. And, you know, he always told us when he got up in front of the beating room, he said, guys, he was like, you know, what an honor and a privilege. He would remind you all the time what it was an honor and a privilege to play in the National Football League. He was like, you know, you could be doing all different kind of other things, mm. you know, um, but you're able to do something you love and you get paid for it. And, uh, and he used to always, you know, instilling guys like, hey, you know, make sure you guys that are married, when you walk into the house, I'm walking to the house and be like, hey, honey, I'm home. Where's the meal? He's like, you know, walking to the house and appreciate your wives, appreciate the kids. Wow. He like, yeah, he was like, you know, he's like family. is so much more important than just this. But, so, so Coach Gibbs took it a step further, even with you guys. I mean, you NFL players, he was saying, when you go home, hey, you need to serve your wives, serve your family right. still. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, he used to do that, and he used to tell us that all the time. And uh, and then you get older, you'd be like, man, you know, like, but you understand why he was saying that, because family can sometimes get brushed aside, you know, when you're in that profession, because so much of your time is dedicated to the athlete that comes with, so much of your time is dedicated to training and working out and then you know where you can be in, in Washington D.C. as the quarterback you're 
second most famous person in D.C. outside the president. Right. And I used to think it was, you know, people used to say it for a cliche until I became the starter. And when I became the starter, it was the truth. Like, I've been walking through a mall and I heard people running. I was like, why are these people running? Mm. And I had no idea they were running towards me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, like, D.C., like, they take that quarterback position. It's like a huge deal. But uh, Coach Gibbs, he was uh, he was very strong. He was always stealing guys, helping guys out, talking to them. And he talked to us a lot about life skills and and different things. And then when he when he retired, uh, you know, Jim Zorn came in. Right. You know, Jim Zorn's another guy that's strong in faith. So it wasn't a whole bunch of crazy, you know, language going on outside on the football field and different things. But uh, you know. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, two coaches start my career off that was, uh, you know, faith-based guys. Yeah, and they, and they love the Lord. Right, and they love the Lord. And, you know, and so we still had our, on Saturday nights, rather than Friday nights in college, on Saturday nights we still had our chapel service that was like, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes uh, before our team meeting. Um, so, you know, every team that I went to pretty much had that, even when I got to the Raiders and, Cleveland, like they would have a chapel service for like thirty to forty-five minutes. If it's a night game the next day, then we would have it the morning of. Okay. If it's early game the next day, it would be the night before. Let me ask you a fan question from for maybe some young kids that are listening with social media today. Did you ever start yourself as a quarterback in fantasy football? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm telling you, I didn't even know much about fantasy football. And one time, I uh, I did it when I was playing. Chris Cooley and me. Yeah. We both did As a, Chris was tight end, right? Yeah, Chris was tight end, and we did it, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was fun. I, uh, you know, you couldn't pick yourself, and I couldn't pick anybody. Uh, he, Chris team. Cooley wouldn't let you take yourself as a starting yeah, quarterback? Yeah, I couldn't take myself, <laughs> and I couldn't take anybody on my team because he felt like if I took Santana, I'm going to throw Santana the ball for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so we did it, but uh, I thought, so I said, okay. So I told him he couldn't that's exactly right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's it's third and nine. You don't want to have to hit Chris up the seat. Right. Hey, let me ask you another question. What are you reading right now? What book? What book is in Jason uh, Campbell's shelf? You just or what's the last book you read that was really meaningful to you? I tell you what, the one book that I've been reading is "Rules That a Man Must Every Man Must Break." Okay, rules that every man must break. Yeah. So uh, after I'm going to walk right now, make sure I get the right title. If my daddy didn't take my book, <laughs> he, was while, he was reading it while he was here. Yeah, six rules every man must break. Okay, so I just started it the other night, and then he's in town, so he was reading it. Wow. So, uh, so you know, I try to try to read different books because the hard thing is for a lot of professional athletes is you go from being recognized all the time, sure. playing all the time, and your schedule is always drawn out for you. Like I knew. Every time of the year, what part of the year I'm supposed to be training, what part of the year I'm supposed to be resting, what part of the year I'm supposed to be preparing mm. for the season. Where when you're done with all that, you know, people still talk to you, but at the same time, it's not even close to the same level, you know, as it was when you were, when you was a professional athlete. You know, when I was playing, I got a chance to play golf with Tiger Woods. You know, you met the right. president. Mm. You know, you travel the world and stuff. And then now it's like, okay, what do you do next? And then, you know, you sit, you sit at home sometimes, and I can see how guys, if, if I didn't have God in my life, mm. I can see 
person could actually like lose their mind. Mm. And I can see why a lot of guys struggle with it because there's been times I sit home and I just be, you can almost let your mind sink you into depression. Mm. And sink you into feeling thoughts and feelings like, man, like what's going on with me? Like anxieties and different things. But I know who to turn to. I turn to God. I just kind of pick out a Bible verse and I go and I read it. And, uh, you know, I, I try to read something when I get up, read something before I go to sleep. Because mm. your mind is just so powerful. And a lot of people don't realize how much your thoughts and your mind can make you feel an emotional stress or emotional thing. Because, you know, if, if, if I didn't have God in my life, who knows what I turn to. Mm. Can you relate to that as a quarterback, too, with your mind? Real quick before we close out. I mean, think about what you go through as a as a quarterback. Reading defenses, changing things, audibles, you know, and now you're in a different position where you've got a lot of things thrown at you, professional athlete, retired, you know, and you're right. The mind is the open gate to our souls, right? Our eyes. Yeah, and that's the that's the hard thing because when I was playing ball, when I walked to the line of scrimmage, I always had to look at the faces, I had to look at the defensive line, I had to know what kind of defensive front they was in. Right. I already got three checks in my head that okay, if they give me a safety blitz or they give me a nickel blitz, what protection we gotta get to, what checks we gotta get to. And like for me on game day, it's a three and a half hour test. You know, like where you going out there and you're trying to you're playing a game with the defense coordinator on the other side of the field. Yes. And then, you know, at the same time, you got to drop back. you got guys trying to take your head off, and then you're trying to you know, pinpoint for accuracy. And and, it, and it's just so much going on around you that you have to be oblivious to some of it so you can stay focused on what you got to do. And uh, and you have to be locked in. Like, you can't be locked out when you're on that field and it's 90,000 people and, you know, your teammates are dependent on you because you touch the ball every play. Mm. And now when you transition that over to life, Okay, you're not calling audible, but you're calling audibles in life. Mm. You know, because now you're sitting here, you're like, okay, what can I do? Okay, I have this, so I could go do this, but if I go do this, what's the consequences and how much it's going to cost me? You know, so now you're having to make business decisions, you have to make life decisions, where I get so many people throwing different investments at me every week, like, hey, man, you should do this, or you should do that. Right. You make you this, and you have to have a strong enough mind and center to be like no i don't need that you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. appreciate the offer but yeah, no it's just not for me i've really enjoyed our time together here on strong to the finish i've loved listening to your story from high school to college to the pros and now you know you're you're the voice of auburn kind of pregame and you're you're choosing you know god is your offensive coordinator um to to continue to go with jesus you know Post career, and so man, it's been awesome to listen to you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank y'all for having me on. And I hope we can continue to get. I may have to call you someday. I want to hear about part two of Jason's life post NFL. Um, I think we're on to something there, <clears throat> Jason. Thanks a lot. Hey, we'll be back in just a few minutes to wrap some things up with Strong to the Finish. I'm Matt Bostic here with Doug Amos. Thanks, Jason Campbell. It's been great. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
When I have the opportunity, I'm always going to turn to locally owned small businesses when I'm in need. Carol's Carpet Flooring America is owned by the Lee Corson family. I've known the Corsons for decades, and I know he'll always offer his customers the best product for the best price and will provide the best possible service. How do I know that? Because in running his business, he treats his customers like he would want to be treated, whether you've known him for 40 years or have just met him. It's why when I refloored my entire home, I turned to him. Give the great folks at Carol's Carpet Flooring America an opportunity to earn your trust and your business. There are two locations, one in Prattville on Cobbs Ford Road and one in Montgomery on the bypass just before you get to the 231 exit headed toward Wetumpka. There's a reason why they're the most recommended flooring store. It's where friends send friends. Carol's Carpet Flooring America. Tell them Laura sent you. This is Mike Costanza with Chappie's Deli. And Jeff Branca with Chappie's Deli. Let's talk about happy at Chappie's. Say what, Mike? Yeah, see, happy is right there in the middle of Chappie's. Oh. I get it, Gramps, and there are a lot of ways to get happy at Chappie's. Exactly. Healthy food, tasty, and good for you. Something for everyone. Kids eat free. And free ice cream and breakfast open at 6 a.m. Variety. Burgers. Chicken. Paninis. And the sizzle of the Chappie's Deli Grill. The Reuben. New York pastrami. And French dip. And eating with family and friends. Mike, I'm just so happy thinking about it. I could sing. Please, Jeff. No, don't. Don't. We get complaints when you sing. Mike, how's this? Uh, Don't worry. Uh, eat Chappies. Oh, no, not again. Folks, come get happy at Chappies Deli. Perry Hill, Pepper Tree, Prattville, Baptist South Towers, and Auburn. And don't worry, eat Chappies. I don't know why people complain. I had to close my eyes when I was singing to get in the rhythm. <laughs> I had to close my ears when you sang. Amidst grips, barrels, and stocks, entrenched within pins, bolts, and hammers, are stories of personal security, exercising a right, or just the joy of the hunt. For the peacemakers, the caretakers, the huntsman, or the hero. Buy, sell, or trade. Firearms, ammunition, and accessories to assist you in living your American dream are available at Capital Pawn Shop. Troy Highway Montgomery and Highway 14 East Millbrook. If you're a pet lover like me and you travel as much as I do, then you understand the need to have your four-legged family members taken care of while you're on the road. Whether you're on a business trip or a relaxing vacation, make sure your pets are relaxing too by taking them to the pet resort at the Chantilly Parkway location of the Goodwin Animal Hospital. Dr. Donnie Goodwin and his personal staff will feed, nurture, and lavish attention on your dog or cat, providing tender, loving care when you can't be there. And yes, this includes brushing and cuddling and some much-needed supervised outdoor playtime so your pet stays happy and healthy. Call them today at 279-0500 for more information and take the stress out of worrying about your pet while you're away. Did you buy a term life insurance policy 10 or 15 years ago, store it in a drawer and say out of sight, out of mind? This is Brian Polk with Benefit Planners. If that's the case, you could be making a costly mistake. I bet you didn't know that term life rates have continued to go down over the last 20 years. At Benefit Planners, we are independent agents who strive to give you valuable products at competitive rates. Visit our website, BenefitPlannersInc.com, for a no-obligation quote or call 495-7476 and let us go over your current policy with you. Again, that's BenefitPlannersInc.com or 495-7476 for your free no-obligation quote. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jason. Um, great guy, uh, loves the Lord. I love hearing about his faith, his walk with Christ at Auburn and then through the NFL and, and really, Doug, um, just a great, 
great interview. Well, and and I just love his, he's very open about his faith and does not shy away from it. I loved his reference to Joe Gibbs and Mm. uh, his coach at Washington and how it worked out perfectly. He got to be there with Carlos Rogers, but with with a a, a guy that loved the Lord and placed a a Christian walk way above anything that was going to happen on the field. And he referenced, you know, what we talked about with accountability, with his blind spots were some men on the team, but his chaplain, you know, so it's very important to, that, that he had those blind spots in his life. And even today, he says today, God's his offensive coordinator. I love that line. And hey, I can't wait for episode number four. We've got Daniel Carlson, now the all-time leading scorer in SEC history. I think you're going to love my sit-down interview with him. And hey, thanks for listening. This is Shoot for Life Ministries. Or, I'm sorry, Strong to the Finish. Brought to you by Shoot for Life Ministries. I'm Matt Bostic with my co-host, the man, 30 years of experience with SEC football, Doug Amos.